Let's move on to the NBA over here. The Knicks and the Celtics. The Knicks with the dub. What's the bigger deal here? The Knicks winning or Boston losing three straight games? And Zay, if you want to start us off, by all means. Um, I think for me, the biggest deal, the bigger deal here is the um the Knicks winning this Boston game because this is their back-to-back win against a top four team. Uh, they beat the Cavaliers at home 105-103, and then they go to Boston and win an overtime 120-117, to 117, a game which they should have closed out and won because they were up, uh, I believe, 10 points with five minutes left, 112-102 to at one point. The fact that Boston came back and tied it, you know, shows they're still having closing issues, but the Knicks were able to pull out a grinded-out game and win um, without their starting center, without a um, the guy that needs to get the rebounds, protect the paint, and so on and so forth. Uh, the, the Knicks, early on in the game, they looked deflated. They looked they didn't know what to do against Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, who were just um, scoring rapidly, uh, rampantly, excuse me. They were doing, they was getting whatever they wanted. They were able to score the bucket. They were able to score the basket. I think Boston losing three straight is not indicative of what's going on in their team. They have some woes. Uh, Jalen Brown is unable to play back-to-back games or even – game multiple games in the same week with that he has like a um, an injury that's being monitored on a night in night out basis marcus smart out the lineup with the ankle injury um you know and i think that, that they're martyred by their best defenders not being in a lineup consistently which causes jason tam to play multiple roles a facilitator scorer a primary scorer primary ball handler there's a lot of different roles he plays because um they don't trust malcolm brogdon or Derek white to do that on the, the court at the moment so there's still a lot of um you know chemistry woes that need they need to fix especially with the new head coach the new head coach just seems like they're not meshing well with it with his game plan what they what he wants to do um you know i think right now is just i, I said it before the season um it don't matter who's the head coach because the talent on boston is gonna show who they are and play kind of like freestyle basketball they do what they want does the inmates run the asylum with joe Missoula as the head coach and you know i think that's not gonna pay dividends in the playoffs i think that's actually gonna hinder them but I think the bigger deal is the Knicks winning. Um, this is like I said, second game in a back-to-back. Cavs and um, Cavs fully healthy. The Celtics, all their star players are healthy except for the defensive player of the year. Um, the point guard Marcus Smart. And I think it was a bigger deal because the Knicks get a lot of flack. You know they don't they don't get praise for winning national games. Now you know the Knicks just beat the best team in the NBA on a national televised game and no one's talking about it. But if the so if Celtics would have won that game. It would have been a whole different discussion. Oh, where do the Knicks go now? Oh, the Celtics are showing how dominant they are, yada, yada. So it's it's interesting that no one's making a big deal of it, but this is a bigger deal than Knicks winning against Boston last night going two in a row. Do you know? All right. Here we go. So the bigger deal, I would definitely say, is the Knicks winning and beating us yesterday because, I mean, the thing is, though, we're banged up right now. Like Jay said, we deal. Marcus Smart's out. Jalen Brown's he's got an adductor problem. So he's been in and out of the lineup for the last like two, three weeks, inconsistent. He hasn't been playing that well. Um, he's, he's this thing's nagging him. So it's like, you know, it, we went we went one for eight last night shooting the three ball. It was like couldn't really hit his shots like that. Imagine he hits two of those threes, we win the game. So obviously something's still up with Jalen Brown. Hopefully he gets better soon. But with the Celtics, though, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal if we beat the Knicks on national TV because like we beat the Knicks. Like, no offense, but we beat the Knicks. It's just, like, another day in the park for us. It was a big deal when we beat the friggin' Warriors uh, last week. That was a big deal. That was a great game. But us losing three in a row, I mean, I'm not too worried about it right now because it's the regular season. And, like I said, we're a little banged up right now. You know, we in the trade deadline, we got to go look to get some depth pieces. I would definitely like to see another big man added. I wanted Jakob Hurdle, but it seems like the Spurs asking price is going to be a little too steep. They want two firsts unprotected, I think. 
I don't know if I want to give that up for uh, Pirtle. But in terms of Boston, you know, we've had this stretch earlier in the year. You know, we had a stretch, and I think it was like in November, December, we lost about three in a row. And everyone's like, oh, are the Celtics legit? Are they are they starting to decline? Then we turn around, we, then we go start winning more games again. We won nine in a row again. So we've gone through this stretch before. I just don't like how we're losing to teams like we lost three games to Orlando this year. Like three of our 14 losses have been to Orlando. Like that's not good. So we definitely have to figure that out against like lower tier teams. Um, but hats off to the Knicks for winning yesterday. They beat us. They played a great game. Um, so this is a good thing for the Knicks. You know, they beat, like Jay said, they beat Cleveland earlier in the year. Cleveland's top five seed in the East right now. And, you know, those are two big wins for them. But I guess with the Knicks, I guess the biggest thing is consistency because they won what? Leading up to Christmas, they won like eight in a row. Then they lost like the last three and they blew like two second half leads. So the Knicks, I think they'll definitely make it. I think they'll make like the six seed or if not, they'll make like a seven seed play-in. So they're actually playing better right now, but the, the Knicks, I just got to see that consistency on a more level base because they're, what, like 25 and 23, 26 and 23, something like that. So they're right at 500. If they can get a few more wins together against meaningful teams, they'll definitely give the next some, Knicks some momentum going into the playoffs. But uh, Boston losing three straight, I'm not too worried about it. If we start losing more, then I'm going to start getting a little worried. But I'm fine with Joe Mazzula as a head coach. I think he's doing a great job. And I like how he's very analytical. My man used to have uh, Quizlet cards on on opposing teams' players to see how they played and their their strengths, their weaknesses, their tendencies. So the man's very analytical. I like him as a head coach, but you know I just gotta see Boston stop these. You know, we gotta get healthy first, but then we gotta stop losing these. Like we can't be losing three in a season to teams like Orlando. We gotta gotta hit the ground running once the trade deadline ends. All right, so me, I'm actually going to go the other way here. You know, I think the biggest deal is the Boston Celtics losing three straight games. Now, to Zay's point, this was a great signature win for the Knicks. Literally, it's probably their best win. Not probably. It is their best win of the year, of the season, because Boston is the number one team, not only in the East, but in the whole entire NBA. They have a half-game lead over the Nuggets. Okay, so the Knicks just beat them. So I could see from that argument. But the reason why this is a bigger deal, Boston losing three straight, is how they losing. You see, I'm starting to see those bad habits stick around. Now, I've been high on this team, on Boston. Matter of fact, I was the only person in this 99-part family, not named Dino, who picked them to represent the Eastern Conference in the finals. This year, I have them going to the finals again. But I'm not oblivious to the bad habits that I see that has not left this team. For example, let's go to the third quarter where they kind of blew the game in a way before the Knicks kind of like blew it, before the Knicks took it back. Brown, he forced back-to-back shots, a fadeaway from the low post, a step back three. Sometimes Sometimes the Celtics have a habit of not taking high percentage shots. They take these shots where I'm like, what are you doing? Marcus Smart. Jalen Brown, Tatum sometimes takes those. Um, not to mention Tatum, his inefficiency. Two of seven from the arc, from the three-point line. You know, Brown missing the two clutch free throws at the end to win the game, right? So I'm starting to see these bad habits pop up. And let's not be, you know, let's not take a shot at my Knicks here because that's my team. I love them. But you basically got outdueled by Jalen Brown. Not, excuse me, by Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. Okay, the... Celtics duo is literally the best duo in the league. Look how much points they're averaging together. You just got outdueled 
by Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. And I understand we get disrespected. We should be all-stars, too, in our own right. But at the same time, you're supposed to be better than them. You got outdoed by these guys. And I'm starting to see the mistakes. I'm starting to see the hesitation. I'm starting to see the lack of high percentage shots. And I can't ignore it. It's, it's showing to me now. And remember, on the last show that we did, Zay, I said that the only team that could beat Boston is Boston. That was a compliment. But right now, Boston is beating Boston. So I have to take a look at that. And that's why it's a bigger deal for me. But the thing is, Leo, is that that's been our kryptonite. If you go back to even like last year and a few years before in the uh, conference championship game against the Cavaliers, we were up 3-2 with, the, with Kyrie out and Gordon Hayward out. The thing that we've always done, no matter the heck of Brad Stevens, Ime Udoka, uh, Joe Mazzula, these problems have been around for years and for some reason not getting addressed. When we go down the game, we start chucking threes and we start missing, take bad shots. Jalen Brown, free throws, never been his strong suit. And he tends to force shots that I don't like. And sometimes Especially in traffic. Yeah, that and he starts sometimes he starts dribbling too much, then he loses the ball. And I'm like, dude, and then Tatum sometimes he's just taking like low quality shots where I'm just like, what is that? Same with smart. And like these problems have stuck around and they haven't been addressed. I don't know why, but like when I'm watching the Celtics, I'm like, I see it. I'm just like, especially last year in the finals against the Warriors, I'm like, why are we taking these shots? And it's just like these like low quality shots. But another thing is the turnovers. The turnovers have still haunted yes. us from last year. We're turning the ball over. I think it was against the Miami. We had like 19 turnovers in the game, 20 turnovers in the game. It's like we can't be doing that, especially as the one seed. Now the targets are on our back, especially in the East, because when Middleton's healthy, which I'm pretty sure he's back fully healthy. When Milton's healthy, the Bucks were we are in their crosshairs. They want us. The Nets want us. The Heat want us. Philly wants us, but they ain't gonna beat us. Everybody wants us. So if we keep making these same errors and these same mistakes, we're gonna be in deep trouble. And I agree. The only team that can beat us is us in the East, I believe. And honestly, in the West, if we get favorable matchup, I think we probably win the finals. But we really need to figure out this turnover situation and these just low quality shots when it gets the game gets close in the fourth quarter. We have to figure this out because if we don't, like you said, Boston's going to beat Boston. And that's why it's the biggest deal for me because I expected age to mature them, experience to mature them, the finals loss to mature them, and I'm still seeing it. And even though I still have high praise for this team, like I said, I believe that they're going to represent now. These things are becoming obvious to me. And now in my mind, I'm like, the way how the 76ers are playing right now, maybe they could, you know, upset them, right? I'm not saying they will, but maybe, maybe the Bucks when they get Chris Middleton back healthy, maybe they can upset them. Now I'm questioning it. Now I'm questioning my pick. And I wasn't doing that prior to this three-game losing streak. You know, I want to say something real quick. And um, I think the Celtics, I want, I want to touch on the Celtics real quick, um, real quick, and then go to what I was going to say on my second go around. Um, the Celtics, um, like you said, you know, like Lil said, they have very questionable decision making. And that's been prevalent. Even when we saw in the finals against the Warriors, their decision making is very questionable. When you're putting them against talented players, they don't make the correct decisions. If Jason Tatum is not jacking up, a bunch of shots and making them because even his shots are contested. He just makes them. But if he misses those shots, now we're questioning, oh, why would he take that shot? Why would he do this? Why would he do that? Because we're not saying anything when it's going in. That's the problem. And we're allowing, or not we, the coaching staff is allowing these guys 
to take contested shots, to make questionable decisions when the shots are falling. And then when the shots are falling, everyone gets quiet. No one's saying that was a bad shot. Nobody's saying that was a bad pass. You know, you're just lucky. No, no, everyone's just allowing it to go. They're allowing the circus to go on until something goes wrong. And then when something goes wrong, that's when everyone wants to question the coaching staff or question the decision-making, the play calling. So, you know, this is an ISO-centric team the Boston Celtics are. They move the ball on occasion, but it's ISO-centric because Jason Tatum has been that dynamic. Jalen Brown, when healthy, has been that dynamic. But when they're playing against the upper echelon teams, the Milwaukee Bucks of the world, the Warriors, or even if you want to say the Grizzlies, if they go there, it's going to be a, a problem when you're playing against those type of teams, that type of talent, because it's not going to, those same shots that were falling against the Magics, falling against the Rockets, are not going to fall against them. It's a different game. You're not going to be able to get those same rebounds you was able to get, go against, get against the Knicks or whatever. But now my main point uh, that I wanted to get to is that the Knicks are now third, I believe, if not the NBA, the Eastern Conference and road game, road games won. They are 15 and 10. Uh, you know, championships are won on the road. And the fact that the Knicks are showing that they could beat the best of the best on the road is very interesting. You know, it's something that I'm, I'm very confused about because they're better on the road than at home. And that that's something that the Knicks are really, um, I guess, emphasizing. The, the road Knicks are are dangerous. They, they, they beat anybody on the road. And that's the best of the best. Julius Randle said the best last night. We could be anybody, but then we could also lose to anybody. You know, and that's something that's interesting. And that's something that's more of a flaw on the team because they're not focused on the fundamental part, rebounding the basketball. I've seen Jericho Sims box out a guy. He already boxed him out, didn't get the rebound. He just let someone else grab the board. I think it was Malcolm Brogdon that ran in and just grabbed the basketball. So I think this Knicks team, if they can make a dynamic move, just a bench piece, somebody who's consistent off the bench, to help this team win some more games on on at home, that's gonna be that's gonna be it for this team. This team elevates to what they were a couple years ago, um, and I think that's my only take right now. I think for me, the reason why I'm not making a big hee haw after this, first of all, it was a quality win. It was a great win, first of all, right? The Celtics are the best team in basketball record wise. So, in a way, I was happy to see that we won a marquee game that's not against the Pistons, that's not against the Raptors. It's, it's against the Celtics, right? For a different team in a different stratosphere. But I did not leave that game really feeling any different about the Knicks. I still think we need to make a move at the deadline. Now, I'm not talking about that home run move. We don't need to wait and stockpile assets in a vault and wait for Bradley Bill to be disgruntled and say, I'm one out, and wait for Zach Levine to say, I'm one out. We need to add on to this roster. If we are going to make the playoffs, why not give us a, a chance to win a series or two, right? We just going to go in there and be content with getting bounced in the first round? No, we need to put the pieces together to plan out this roster. And that's until we do that move is when I'm going to feel better about the Knicks. Right, I understand there's reports that came out. Ian Bagley said that we offered a couple first rounders for OJ Ananobi. I don't know how I feel about that because we all know he's a great perimeter defender. We want we want him more for the defense and the offense, averaging 17 points per game. But if we bring him in, we are literally subbing out Quentin Grimes, who's our floor spacer. So we losing the space that we need that we don't even have, basically. So that's why me personally, I want to see Gary Trent on this team. I'd rather him because he could shoot the ball. He's shooting like 40% since like November from the three-point line. I want a guy like him to be able to space the floor. Not no OG Ananobi, but either way, I'll still take it because I want us to make some moves so we can help 
guys like Bunsen and RJ and take the load off of them. RJ Barrett, he shows up on occasion. He'll have a 30, 20 game to be like, yeah, that's the guy. Then we like, yo, come on, man. You got to step the game up. And I think when we reflect back to that trade that we tried to make with Donovan Mitchell, when that fell through, it was a gut blow because that's a guy in the fourth quarter who we can always go to and know that we are safe with him winning the game for us instead of doing things by committee. Sometimes your committee don't show up to the, to the job. And that's why I want a guy like that. But we put a lot of value in R.J. Barrett. Claire, we paid him. We extended him in the middle of negotiations. That's what did it. Literally, check the timeline. Soon as we gave him the contract, Danny Ainge was like, I'm out. We're going to take a lesser offer from the Cavaliers. We put a lot of stock in R.J. And although I'm not trying to cap the ceiling, R.J. has some growing up to do. And we need to be able to supply this team with pieces that's going to help us win games. Real quick, well, I, I just want to make my last point. RJ's 22 years old. The man's still going to grow. Still gonna like do I said, I ain't trying to cap his ceiling. Absolutely. Absolutely. Come on. I agree. Uh, Donovan Mitchell also, two things, actually, because Danny Ainge, he tried to swindle us. He tried to take not only the starters, he tried to take the bench. He tried to take it, RJ. It was a combination of oh, trying to fleece the Knicks. He's a pick bandit. We understand that. I mean, it's crazy. But we did put a lot of value in RJ. The main, he was the not main, sacrificing RJ. I agree with everything you're saying, mm-hmm. but the main thing is, I think so many people are focused on getting another star player, but not realizing the role players is where the championships are won. The guys who play, go in, play defense, shoot those threes, went off the bench. When the bench is coming in, they need to, to play. The bench needs to come in and play the dynamic. Like the way IQ is playing, we need another guy like that. We need a guy. Actually, there was a report stating that the Knicks are interested in Grayson Allen. That's somebody off the bench that Knicks could utilize since they're not utilizing Cam Reddish, a guy who plays defense, a guy who takes shots, hits the threes, a guy who can shoot, um, do shot creation, off the dribble, find the open guy. He's actually somebody the Knicks need, a gritty player. He does have some dirty plays. I'm not going to take away from that. He's a, he is actually kind of somewhat of a dirty player. But he is a, a dynamic, hardworking player who can score the basketball, play defense. That's someone the Knicks should be looking at, bolstering the bench, because their bench team is not that great. You know, we have IQ, who's really the main one dominating. We don't play Obi Toppin that much. We have Hardenstein and Sims coming off the bench. So mainly the only person scoring is IQ and then Miles McBride when he gets the courage to put up some shots. But Grayson Allen's a guy who's not fearful. He's not scared of the moment. He'll take those shots and clutch. Take those shots down with a minute left in the fourth quarter, 30 seconds left in the fourth quarter. This is a guy who has been killing the Knicks actually the last couple seasons. That's somebody the Knicks should bring in and try to get some engine, some life in that bench team so that bench team could score way more points because our bench is actually the reason why our starters are out there for 42, 43 minutes because our bench can't get no buckets. I got two things. So, but the first thing with the Knicks, I'll go back to it and I will still go back to it to this day. Whoever's been watching 99 Pod knows how I feel about the Thibodeau hiring. He's a good hire for the Knicks. He's a good coach, but I don't think he's the guy for this Knicks team. I will say it till this day that they should have went and got Kenny Atkinson because he will play the young players. He will create rotations. He will create his game plan around the young players and really build them up. Thibodeau has a history of not really been being able to do that. So I go back to it. Do you guys still have Cam Reddish on the bench not playing? <laughs> Why? Yep. Why is Cam Reddish on the bench? Well, you traded Kevin Knox and what was it, a second or a first for him, and now he's just not playing. Why is Cam Reddish not playing? Like, this is a perfect example. The Knicks can go out and get people at the deadline. Yes, it might improve them. Yes, it might help with the rotation and everything. But you have Cam Reddish, who's on the bench, just not playing under Tom Thibodeau. Why is that? Like, you got talent right there, left-handed scorer, and he's just not playing. When I see that, I'm just like, Tibbs, like, 
you you're gonna get at the deadline. What are you you're gonna you're gonna put them on a bench roll? You're not gonna play them. It's like, come on now. Like, what's really gonna happen if Tibbs gets these players? Like, I don't know. Maybe if he gets a veteran, he'll probably play the veteran. But if the Knicks go out and get a young guy in the for a trade again, I don't know if he's gonna play. I I barely see Obi anymore either. It's like these young yes, guys right. aren't really getting minutes, yo. It's like it's the same starting lineup that just keeps playing and taking up all the minutes. How are they supposed to grow as yeah. players? And so, how are they not supposed to be fatigue in the playoffs? Exactly. That's my you thing. Like by the time they, by the time we get to the playoffs, let's say we don't have to play in the play-in game. We better hope we don't have to because if, that's another crapshoot over there, right? That's extra games, and we have to play in the play-in game, and we make the playoffs. Guys are going to turn into ash, bro. Yeah, they, they like is going to be shot, and that's what I'm saying too. And going to my second point, going to Boston and in New York around this time last year, in last season, the Celtics we were like 23 and 23, 23 and 22, and then we just turned it up this second half of the year. We won all these games. We made it to the the two seed, made it to the NBA Finals, and look how gassed we were at the end. You don't want to play those long series, like you said. You don't want to play. If you're the Knicks, you do not want to play these long series. You do not want to have to play the extra games. Because when we got to the finals, after game three, gassed. We just couldn't hang on to a lead. We couldn't hold I it. They will get that far, you know? But I mean, Yeah, I'm just saying. But it's like, The series it's is going to be long. Any series yeah. involving the Knicks is going to be a six. If we show up, it's going to be a six and seven game series. Like, we're yeah. not that talented enough to win games in five. I it's going to be long during our series. And but like, you look you at want, the, you don't want to see that fatigue either, you know. So like, it, it's gonna add up, and that's why I feel like it is important for the Knicks to get pieces at the deadline. But I have to question, like under Thibodeau, are they gonna play efficient role for the rest of the season? Like, I don't know. And and the other thing is, like I like I said, a lot can happen from now until April, right? Trade deadline happens. Maybe some players move. Maybe the Wizards sell. Maybe Beal moves. Maybe Porzingis moves. I don't know. A lot of things can happen between now and February 8th, and then now can, a lot can happen between February 8th and the rest of the season. So we got to see how the rest of the year plays out. But definitely I would say if these tendencies for the Celtics stick, we – I don't know. Maybe we drop a couple seeds. I don't know. I'm a little worried as a fan, but, I mean, we'll see what happens, I guess. And that's why it's the biggest deal for me. But my last point on the Knicks is to add on and put a bow – to the to the minutes per game conversation, we have about three plays that are like top fifteen in minutes per game, and two plays in top ten in minutes per game, and one in top five in our um, minutes per game. So I don't know how we're going to plan to hash that out. But what I do know from both sides is when I look at this next win, although as a fan I love to see it, until we make moves to plan out our roster and give ourselves a better chance to win a playoff series. I'm not going to take and put too much stock into that win. But as far as the Celtics, the fact that they lost three straight games, the fact that I'm seeing old bad habits, that's why it's a bigger deal for me because they have more to play for than the New York Knicks do.